This is The Mop Up. I'm David Feldman. Thanks to the far-right Freedom Caucus, it took 15 rounds before Speaker Kevin McCarthy finally got elected. That was back in January. And now it looks like he's going to have as hard a time selling the new debt ceiling bill to the same people. This time he has practically every Democrat voting for it, I think. So that means, and again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think it means that this new debt ceiling bill will probably pass. And thanks to provisions in this new bill, we won't be discussing the debt ceiling until after the 2024 presidential election. The resolution to the debt ceiling standoff is called the Fiscal Responsibility Act. It's about 100 pages. The result... This this Fiscal Responsibility Act is the result of round-the-clock negotiations between the Biden administration and House Republicans. McCarthy says it will be voted on this Wednesday, and he expects it to pass. From what we can tell, it looks like this agreement lifts the debt ceiling until January of 2025. The debt ceiling currently stands at $31.4 trillion. And until January of 2025, according to this new bill, it can go as high as it goes, depending on how much tax revenue the Treasury receives. There's no ceiling. It can go as high as it goes. Now, Republicans had passed a bill last month in the House agreeing to lift the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion. But this new bill allows the government to blow right past that if necessary. The new bill will reduce Biden's $80 billion IRS spending bill down to $70 billion. So they're clawing back $10 billion on the IRS spending bill, which was part of the Inflation Reduction Act. And it will limit how long able-bodied Americans can remain on food stamps while also imposing some work requirements for food stamp recipients who aren't homeless or veterans. There are no work requirements for Medicaid, which is what Republicans wanted. By the way, for those of you watching overseas, Medicaid is health care for those who can't afford health insurance, like all of us, all of us need Medicaid. Nobody can afford health insurance. And while Medicaid is funded by the federal government, it's administered by the states in block grants. Medicare, different from Medicaid, Medicare is for seniors and it's administered entirely by the federal government. It's sort of universal health care. It works. It works. Even though Republicans are trying to privatize it and destroy it, Medicare works. And we could solve the entire health care crisis by giving Medicare to everyone. Now, overall, this new debt ceiling bill reduces spending by $650 billion over the next decade, while at the same time, it increases spending on defense because, of course, it increases spending on defense. But here's the problem for McCarthy. The far right 
Republican Freedom Caucus doesn't like this bill. And because their votes aren't necessary for it to pass, they can really turn up the heat starting today and Wednesday. They're going to openly dislike this bill. A turd sandwich is how Texas Republican Chip Roy describes it. But then again, it's Chip Roy. So I don't know if a turd sandwich for Chip Roy is a good thing or a bad. I'll go with bad. But you can be sure that Chip Roy has eaten his fair share of turd sandwiches. Georgia Republican Congressman Andrew Clyde, who hands out AR-15 lapel pins because he owns one of the largest gun stores in America, and famously referred to the January 6th insurrectionists as, quote-unquote, tourists, he says of the new bill, hard pass. But then there's the equally detestable member of the Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan. I think he was one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus. Well, he's for the bill. Why? Because he got more committee assignments than he can handle after supporting Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker. So not surprisingly, he supports the budget agreement because he supports Kevin McCarthy because Kevin McCarthy gives him all these plum assignments. Now, some Democrats I've heard from are quietly saying it looks like Biden outmaneuvered McCarthy on this. But you got to consider the source. These are people who voted for Biden in the primaries and not Bernie back in 2020. They love Biden. So they're trying to portray Biden as a master of hardball politics. They are now saying, and I don't trust these people because they're they support Biden, but they are now saying Speaker McCarthy is back where he started with a rebellious Republican caucus, leaving his leadership in doubt. Remember, one of the concessions McCarthy made to secure support from far-right members of his caucus was a new rule that says all it takes is one Republican to call a vote on his speakership. One Republican, like Lauren Boebert, and then who knows, another 15 rounds to pick a new speaker? Kevin McCarthy, some say, is in trouble tonight. He will not be able to hold the center, and if he can't hold the center in his party, he can't hold the speakership. And by center in the Republican Party, I mean far, far right. June 24th, marks the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. That's Samuel Alito, who wrote the decision. The Economist reported on Monday that in the three months following the decision overturning Roe v. Wade, the number of men getting vasectomies jumped nearly 30%. Isn't that interesting? Men taking responsibility for birth control. Imagine that. The nation of Poland passed a law on Monday establishing a commission that will examine Russian interference in their election, in their elections between the years 2007 and 2022. 
The law opens the possibilities that any candidate who had received backing from Vladimir Putin would be permanently banned from holding public office again. Opponents of the new commission include former Polish prime minister, and this is his real name, Donald Tusk. Polish prime minister Donald Tusk, who has been accused of being subservient and a little too friendly towards Vladimir Putin when he, Donald Tusk, was the leader of Poland, as well as the walrus. He doesn't like to talk about it. That was supposed to be a secret. I bring this up because we have a lot of guests on this show who discount the role Vladimir Putin played in Trump winning in 2016. Now, there's no question that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats blew it in 2016. But there's also no question that Russia interferes in elections. There's no question also that America interferes in elections overseas. And since it's war criminal Henry Kissinger's 100th birthday, it's his 100th birthday because neither Satan nor God wants him. It's Henry Kissinger's 100th birthday, so we should mention that America overthrows countries like Chile when our efforts to interfere in an election over there fails. See, a lot of things can all be true at the same time. America does bad things. America does very, very, very bad things. But that doesn't make Vladimir Putin good. Newly elected Ohio Republican Senator J.D. Vance said on Monday he will no longer shop at Target because the retail chain is, quote unquote, waging war on its customers by selling merchandise that celebrates the LGBTQ lifestyle. All this from J.D. Vance, the Yale Law School graduate, who, before turning to right wing politics, wrote Hillbilly Elegy, which documented the desperation of white Americans. Good for you, J.D. Vance. White Americans, especially men, you know, your constituents, J.D. Vance, the ones you speak for, white Americans are committing suicide at record levels, overdosing on opiates at record numbers, dropping out of high school at record numbers, falling behind other ethnic groups, and how does J.D. Vance help his white constituents? By calling out Target for selling clothes that celebrate gay pride. Way to go, J.D. Vance, because that's going to create jobs and improve living conditions for all the desperate white men and women who voted for you. Trashing the LGBTQ community. That's what your white constituents desperately need right now. Well, the truth is, Senator J.D. Vance offers nothing for his white constituents who he wrote about in Hillbilly Elegy. He offers them nothing other than fanning the flames of resentment. But it's not class resentment. Now, J.D. Vance does his corporate overlords bidding by dividing the 99% along the lines of race or sexual preference. J.D. Vance 
won't help the people who voted for him. He won't help them where it counts. He wants work requirements for recipients of Medicaid and food stamps, which all those white Americans who voted for him need. He doesn't want his white constituents, his hillbillies that he writes about, who he writes about. He doesn't want his white constituents to get free health care, free mental health care, free treatment on demand for their addictions. He won't create jobs by juicing the economy with government spending. You see, J.D. Vance doesn't speak for the hillbillies he writes about. He speaks to them. He trains them to blame everyone for their miserable lives, except for the people who cause their misery. Their landlords, Wall Street, Big Pharma, who got them addicted to opiates, the Sackler family, or the health insurance companies that are killing them. The only help J.D. Vance offers his hillbilly constituents is advice on whom to hate, whom to beat up, whom to persecute, whom to feel more powerful than. J.D. Vance, Senator J.D. Vance, going after Target for celebrating gay pride has nothing to do with religious values or stopping the LGBTQ from grooming potential converts. It's all about keeping desperate white people, especially white men, in their place. It's about keeping them in their place by tricking them into hating and blaming all the wrong people. The LGBTQ community migrants, black people, Jews and foreigners, they're not making the hillbillies poor. And it's not the government making them poor. It's rich people who send charlatans like faux populist, Yale Law School graduate J.D. Vance to Washington. And J.D. Vance, Senator J.D. Vance, works for his corporate donors, his wealthy donors, by convincing financially illiterate Republican voters that their enemy is the government or people who look and act differently. This is so tiresome, isn't it? Because we all know this. We all know this, except for the millions of morons who keep falling for this age-old trick. When you have nothing to offer voters, you preach hatred and intolerance. We all know this. The GOP has nothing to offer. While half this country can't come up with $1,000 for an emergency, J.D. Vance has nothing to offer his constituents. And I can assure you, that it's more than half. I would say 75% of J.D. Vance's constituents, the people who voted for him, can't come up with $1,000 for an emergency. He has nothing to offer them other than hatred. 
It's the oldest trick in the book. It really is banal and trite. And like I said, it's tiresome talking about this all the time and reminding ourselves what the Republicans are up to. It's what Karl Rove and George W. Bush did in 2004 after George W. Bush wanted to get reelected, even though he invaded the wrong country, Iraq, and was losing the war. Now, Karl Rove, Bush's brain, knew conservative Republicans were disgusted by Bush's war in Iraq. So he put same-sex marriage on the ballot in several key swing states. Rove's idea was conservatives, Republicans who had had it with Bush's failed war in Iraq, well, they would come to the polls to vote against the queers. And while they were already in the voting booth, you know, as an afterthought, they would also say, what the hell, I'll vote for George W. Bush. It was the brainchild of Karl Rove. It worked. Bush won. It was the most homophobic election in the history of America. It was the brainchild of Karl Rove and this guy, chairman of the GOP, Kenny Melman from Maryland. Kenny Melman, who was in the closet at the time. He was not telling people that he was a homosexual, but he was chairman of the GOP, running the most homophobic election in the history of America, but he was in the closet at the time. He didn't want anyone to know he was a uh, homosexual beating up on his own people. Before becoming chairman of the Republican National Committee, before he was bashing gay people, Melman was White House Director of Political Affairs for George W. Bush. And when he left the Bush White House to go run the RNC, and beat up gay people, he was replaced by this guy, Matt Schlapp. Remember Matt Schlapp? I talked about him last week. He is now chairman of the American Conservative Union, and they run CPAC. Matt Schlapp replaced Ken Melman in the Bush White House. Matt Schlapp, in case you forgot, last week, the treasurer of CPAC quit, claiming that donations to Matt Schlapp's CPAC were being diverted away from conservative causes and going towards the legal fees incurred by Matt Schlapp in the civil trial stemming from Matt Schlapp being accused of sexually assaulting a male campaign worker for Herschel Walker. Did I mention that Matt Schlapp has been accused of sexually assaulting a male campaign worker for Herschel Walker? Meanwhile, Matt Schlapp is also calling for a boycott of Target for its pro-LGBTQ stance. He calls it satanic. I talked about that last week. Matt Schlapp accused of sexually assaulting a man, Matt Schlapp. The ACLU, 
says Republicans have introduced a record number of 491 anti-LGBTQ bills this year in state legislatures. Now, these are just not bills. These are permission slips to beat up gay people. This gets people killed or drives them into the closet underground and committing suicide. But Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz on Monday, he criticized Uganda's new anti-gay bill signed into law on Monday. Uganda's new anti-gay bill calls for the death penalty for those who engage in homosexual acts. And Ted Cruz says he's offended by the new anti-gay bill in Uganda. Really, Ted, you're against this new law on what grounds? Copyright infringement? Is that why you're against it? Uganda stole your homophobic ideas? Is that what's bothering you? Ted Cruz speaking out against Uganda's anti-gay laws. On Monday, Ted Cruz called Uganda's anti-gay law, quote unquote, horrific and wrong. And then he called on all civilized nations to join together in condemning this human rights abuse, unquote. That's what Ted Cruz said. I guess when African countries behave like Texas, Ted Cruz is offended. Where was Ted Cruz when his home state of Texas this month passed Senate Bill 14, restricting transgender medical care for minors? Did Ted call Greg Abbott, the governor, and tell him not to sign the bill? Texas lawmakers on Sunday passed a bill that would make drag queens subject to a year in prison and a $10,000 fine. But suddenly, the deeply religious Ted Cruz is worried about Uganda having a death penalty for homosexuals. Well, how do you think it all starts, Teddy? How do you think it starts? It starts with bills that target transgender youth or drag shows. It starts, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, it all starts with the very same people who put you in office, the Christian right. The Christian right here in America is partly responsible for this new draconian bill in Uganda that sentences homosexuals to death. According to Open Democracy, since 2007, American Christian groups, uh, American Christian groups, excuse me, I have a little phlegm, a little disgust for Ted Cruz and the Christian groups who support him and the execution of homosexuals in Uganda. According to Open Democracy, since 2007, American Christian groups have spent more than $54 million spreading anti-LGBTQ hatred throughout Africa, with some of these American Christian leaders helping Uganda draft its first 
Kill the Gays bill back in 2009. Remember the Kill the Gays bill back in 2009? Well, the Fellowship Foundation, that's a secret Christian organization here in America, they have spent $20 million in Uganda alone with one of its employees literally writing 2009's Kill the Gays bill. Hundreds of millions of dollars raised by Christian groups, right-wing Christian groups here in America. Hundreds of millions are spent around the world combating not just abortion, but the use of contraception. And their opposition to contraception results in the spread of sexually transmitted diseases, including HIV, AIDS, especially in Africa. Ted Cruz's supporters are going to Africa and paying millions of dollars telling Africans, don't use a condom. Contraception is immoral. Basically, get AIDS instead. Now, this new law signed on Monday, it's in Uganda, it orders the death penalty for homosexuals. But Uganda already had some of the strictest anti-LGBTQ laws in the world, including life imprisonment. These draconian laws were passed in part with the help of American Christian groups, the very same Christian groups who give money to Ted Cruz, the same Christian groups who Ted Cruz prays with. Ted Cruz is appalled that Uganda is now going to start executing homosexuals. It's appalling, Ted, right? When you see your own constituents, your own platform come to fruition. It's appalling. It's frightening. It's scary, Ted. But relax. You'll get used to it. Kind of like January 6th, Ted. Remember the insurrectionists? Remember January 6th, Ted? They were disgusting and dangerous. You were appalled and frightened by them. And you had a brief moment of clarity on January 6th. And you realize these were your people. The same way the Ugandan leaders making homosexuality punishable by death are your people. But give it some time, Ted. Just like after the January 6th insurrectionists scared you for a while, you'll come around just like you did with the January 6th insurrectionists. You'll come around. It takes a couple hours, but you'll come around and you'll defend them. And because you went to Harvard Law School, you'll portray them as the victims. The same way you ultimately portrayed the January 6th insurrectionists as the victims, if not heroes, even though at first you were disgusted by them, trust me, you'll be amazed at how malleable your brain is. Eventually, in a few hours, you'll realize that the president of Uganda, who just signed the Kill the Gays bill, 
he's the victim in this. I know you'll get there. It's a little jarring at first to discover just how dangerous you are. But trust me, you get used to it. And then you embrace it. You embrace the hate and the violence. You'll get used to it. Last week, we reported on Dade County Public Schools in Florida banning Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, which the African-American writer read at President Biden's inauguration. The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. Man, I hate poetry, but it shouldn't be banned. <laughs> but I don't, I don't like poetry. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Why obfuscate? But, you know, Amanda Gorman is fantastic and everybody should read The Hill We Climb. Uh, but... Uh, thanks to new legislation pushed by Governor Ron DeSantis, or as I call him, the Marquis DeSantis, thanks to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, parents can play a much bigger role in what their idiot kids in Florida are being taught. And one idiot mother complained that Amanda Gorman's book was racist towards white people. So the Dade County School Board Thanks to Ron DeSantis, removed it from the shelves so elementary school students couldn't read it. Again, these are, you know, Ron DeSantis is all about freedom of speech and he's banning uh, Amanda Gorman's poem. Well, we are now learning more about the idiot mother who got the book banned. Her name is Daly Salinas. And according to The Independent, that's a British newspaper, Daily Salinas has ties to the Proud Boys. Of course she does. How could she not? The Proud Boys, of course, a far-right street gang that celebrates, among other things, white pride. In 2021, wearing a Ron DeSantis t-shirt... Daly Salinas, that's the mom's name, she was photographed standing next to Proud Boys leader Enrique Terrio at a rally protesting COVID-19 mask requirements. Enrique Terrio, of course, now doing time for his involvement in the January 6th insurrection. See, it's all connected. It's all connected. The censorship, the book banning, the racism... COVID-19, being against the mask, being anti-vax. It's all part of one thread of stupidity. Daly Salinas, that's the idiot mother who got Amanda Gorman's poem banned. She's also attended other Proud Boy rallies. I don't know how she had the time to attend all these Proud Boy rallies when she was so busy working for Governor Ron DeSantis's education agenda tour. That's what he's calling it. Ron DeSantis has a education agenda tour, which promotes far right candidates for local school boards. Salinas, Daily Salinas, has been thrown out of school board meetings for being disruptive in her objection to sex education being taught in the classrooms. 
I always say consider the source. You would think Dade County Public Schools, one of the largest school districts in America, when a mother comes screaming about Amanda Gorman's poem, uh, wouldn't you consider the source and know this was about something more than what she said it was? Look, uh, Uganda just made homosexuality punishable by death. Kill the gays legislation. That's what it is. Kill the gays, gays legislation was funded by the very same white Christian believers who fund the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida. It starts with a Don't Say Gay bill, and then it just gets out of hand. And if we don't stop it, it turns into a Kill the Gay bill. The same people who funded Ron DeSantis's Don't Say Gay bill in Florida are the same people who funded the Kill the Gays legislation in Uganda. They've been doing it since 2009. They finally got it passed. These are the same people who believe America is a white Christian nation. That's why there's an LGBTQ travel advisory now in Florida. It's too dangerous now the LGBTQ community to visit Florida. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. We could have substantive policy debates on how to solve climate catastrophe, how to improve our schools, how to actually teach our school, teach our students in our schools instead of banning books. We could be talking about how to feed our children, how to provide free health care, mental health care, dental care, free, as well as free tuition at all public universities. We should be discussing this right now. We should be discussing ways to harness artificial intelligence so everyone can get free medical and legal advice. But we have a problem with the people at the top here in America. The billionaires. We have a problem because they hate us. They really hate us because they're miserable. Their penises don't work properly. That's a fact. That's why they're working so hard for their billions. They are sexually dysfunctional men. They must make women sign non disclosure agreements before having sex with them, because what it takes to make these men reach orgasm is so twisted, nobody can ever know. The real perverts, the real deviants, run our corporations and our political parties. They're incapable of healthy romantic relationships, so they surround themselves with power and mammon. But as we all know, it doesn't fill the void. Their idiot kids hate them, and they hate their idiot kids. And most importantly, they hate us. The rich and the powerful. And that's synonymous. You get power in America now by being a billionaire. They hate us. They think we're lazy. They think we're hypersexualized, and compared to them, we are. 
They think we're living lives of complacency while they have to do battle with their demons. They're possessed. They're elbowing everyone out of the way to get ahead, only to discover more demons inside of them, more self-loathing, more desperation, and of course, sexual dysfunction. These are the people, these billionaires control our politicians, our university, corporations, our health care, and sadly, more and more of them control our lives down here. It used to be they just wanted to exploit us. Now, they want us dead. They want us dead. When you look at our health care system, our for-profit health care system, when you look at the fossil fuel industry, they want us dead. When you look at the assault weapons business, how the, the manufacturers of weapons have found a new market, sick, crazy white men in their early 20s, and they will fight tooth and nail. For They will fight us on an assault weapons ban because they want to sell assault weapons to crazy white men in their early 20s. They want us dead. And they're succeeding. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with having enough money so you don't have to worry about money, so you can do other things with your life. There is, however, something seriously diseased about anyone who can't stop hoarding money, keeping it from others. It is, for lack of a better word, satanic. It is satanic to hoard money for yourself. And here in America, instead of exercising these moral assassins from our community, we celebrate them. We celebrate the moral assassins, the sexually dysfunctional moral assassins. Let's start with the billionaires. Nobody should be allowed to live that way. Nobody. Let's start hating the billionaires. Let's wipe them out. Let's exterminate the billionaires. It can be done very simply by electing the right politicians and changing our tax code and taking their money from them and redistribute read a redistribution of their wealth. Since Reagan, it's been flowing upwards. You know, the Trump tax cuts all go to the wealth, wealthy. Let's literally exterminate the billionaires before they exterminate us. Now, I don't know how to do it. I have some ideas. For example, only vote for politicians who will go on record saying billionaires must be exterminated because they are evil. Seems to me a reasonable question to ask of a politician. Nobody ever asks it. Are billionaires evil? Should they be exterminated? Yes or no? How would you exterminate them? Tax them out of existence. Get rid of the billionaires. Now, the, the minimum wage is $7.25. 
and it hasn't been raised since 2009. So what is that? It's been 14 years. Do the math. Minimum wage is $7.25. Work, what's 40 times $7.25? What is that? Times five. I suspect slavery was more expensive than paying the minimum wage. Slavery, you had to provide housing. You, you had to feed your slaves. You had to hire people to, uh, to make sure they didn't run away. I suspect $7.25, and you work eight-hour days, five days a week, I suspect slavery was more expensive than that. Now, I don't know what the maximum wage should be here in America. Not quite sure yet. I don't know how much is too much. I'm, I think we can all agree, you know, definitely a billion dollars is too much. We could go way down. But let's try this before we scare everybody into thinking I'm a socialist. First, we get rid of the billionaires. Anything you own over a billion dollars, you can, you know, you can have nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine. And then anything over that is taxed at 100 percent, you know, like during the Eisenhower years. Let's see if that gets the minimum wage up to, I don't know, thirty five, forty dollars an hour. If not. The maximum wage is half a billion dollars. Anything over half a billion dollars that you own, not just your salary, anything that you own uh, over half a billion dollars is taxed at 100%. And we just keep chopping and chopping and cutting rich people down until the minimum wage gets up to where it's livable. That's the first step, I think. Uh, the other suggestion is we need a cultural revolution in America. Hate the rich. You know, I'm old enough to remember when you were supposed to hate the rich. Then, what was it, Robin Leach and Champagne Wishes and Caviar Dreams and Ronald Reagan, and all of a sudden, the rich and their kids, their idiot kids became people we should celebrate? As a general rule of thumb, don't hate Jews. Don't hate Mexicans, Guatemalan refugees. Don't hate black people, Arabs, Muslims, or the LGBTQ community. Let's all come together and hate the billionaires. And if that doesn't work, we start hating anybody who's worth more than 500 million dollars. And we will just keep going down and hating rich people until we have some of their money. I think we could fix a lot of problems like climate change and income inequality and our schools and our hunger. And I think everybody would be able to come up with a thousand dollars for an emergency in this country. But there I go again, David Feldman, quoting Jesus Christ. What right does David Feldman have 
to quote Jesus Christ. My apologies. You're listening to The David Feldman Show, you happy, self-actualized hump. In Los Angeles is Howie Klein. He is the founder and the treasurer of the Blue America Pack. He also writes the Down With Tyranny blog that everybody should read. Welcome, Howie Klein. Thank you. I'm celebrating today. Memorial Day. Oh, I forgot. It- <laughs> I, I forgot. It's the uh, 40th anniversary of the release of Punk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. It's also Memorial Day. And yeah, my father served in the Pacific and uh, he taught me before he went overseas to fight the Japanese. He didn't hate them. He said, it's amazing how our government can teach someone to hate a group of people. We, We can learn to hate. My father fought in um, in Europe. He did hate the Germans, and but bef- and before he went over, he was an FBI agent, and they were rounding up German and Italian uh, spies, and and so that's what he was doing. So he already hated them from that. <laughs> well, here's what I would like to talk about: mentally ill leaders, and you know who. I mean, and who you mean. And we can also talk about Erdogan winning in Turkey. DeSantis to sinking in the polls. You write over down with tyranny about the age of extinction, that Florida is a failed state. And as we know, terrorists come out of failed states. The debt ceiling has been lifted. We think the debt ceiling crisis, we think maybe if McCarthy can sell it to his radicals, and then the GOP war on schools. But I understand you have breaking news. I do. I have I have some breaking news, especially if you live in New Jersey. Do you? I have a sister who lives in New Jersey. Close enough. Where in New Jersey? She lives at 1414 Mockingbird Lane, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Her children wait for their school bus at 7 a.m. on the corner of Maine, <laughs> And, and Lee Street and their stranger danger code is I'm a Barbie girl and they'll get in the van with you. Uh, so oh what is God. what is what is our prayer? So New is, Jersey uh, is notorious for having corrupt conservative members of Congress. And, and, and they have almost all of them are. There's one there's one extent. Uh, which is um, the the woman who represents the Trenton area, Bonnie Watson Coleman. But tomorrow, I mean Tuesday, Sue Altman, a Bernie Crat and organizer, is going to announce that she's running for Congress uh, against uh, Keene. Remember Keene? Yes. Keene Jr. So she's gonna uh, he's she's gonna take him on, which is great. I mean, there's a chance she can win that district, and if she did we would have a really good congresswoman. Now, Keene is the nephew of the former governor of New Jersey. Son, the son, the son. He's the son. And would he be a Republican? Oh, he's very Republican. He's, uh, he's a, you know, he, he's a, you know, when he talks to Republicans, he's a MAGA. 
or maggot. And when he talks to normal people, he tries to make believe like he's just a mainstream conservative. But he's pretty bad. And it's Tom Keene Jr., Jr. Uh, as opposed to senior, which was the governor. I see. And Sue Altman is a Bernie, Bernie bro and blue. American. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, that's what I've been told by her peeps. But I haven't spoken to her myself. And I and I I'm in the middle of setting up an appointment. In fact, I, I had asked if uh, they wanted us to do our first uh, meeting live on the air with you. Yeah, she was. To that. Yes, it would have been great. But no, they, they were nervous. But we'll have her on. Okay. She, like she is, she is an organizer and very progressive, and it'll be great to get to know her a little bit better and eventually bring her on. When you vet a candidate for the Blue America Pack, which you're the founder and treasurer of, what is the first question you ask a candidate these days? What is the first question you ask in 2023 that is different from maybe what you asked five years ago, or is it still the same question? It's still the same question. I I, I want to get started by asking them if there's anything that I need to know about them that is wrong. Is there some, is there some little thing that I need to know? Like, you know, do, do they hate gay people? Are they, uh, you know, pro-choice? I mean, sorry, pro, uh, pro anti-choice. You know, you know, sometimes, Someone can be really good, but there's like one little thing that's wrong about them. So I try to get to see if they'll tell me what that little thing is. So I don't have to, uh, you know, doubt. Right. And and they rarely tell me. They rarely confess or do they? Yeah, are they, they really. And so you have to, tr- you have to take them on their, on their word. The. No, no, I, I have to dig it out. I have to, you know, keep asking them and find out and get to know them and try to look into their soul and see what it's all about and who they are and, you know, what they really, really, really think. Because the main thing I'm trying to do when I'm vetting is to find out what they're going to be like if they get elected. And, you know, I get it wrong sometimes. We all get it wrong. Sometimes they can, you know, hide who they are. Uh, sometimes they don't know themselves who they are and they don't find out to, to Congress. I mean, look at Jared, Jared Golden. Golden. Did we ever have him on the air? Yeah, yeah. you, yeah, yeah. So he came across as really great. He also had a great record. I mean, he had he had he had been in the army in uh, Afghanistan and then stayed to to teach school there. He became the minority leader of the main state legislature, the majority leader of the main state legislature. He wrote great legislation as well while he was there, like the minimum wage law that passed. He did a lot of good things. Then he went to Congress. He went to the, he went to join the blue. Uh, I'm sorry, he went to join uh, the Progressive Caucus. Didn't like it when virtually down the hall joined the blue dogs and now he's you know almost the worst member of congress the worst democrat in congress and he's terrible absolutely terrible last week when the uh democrats voted on um on the, on the like EP- weird noise? no no he voted with the republicans on the epa and on the debt relief a student he, debt he, relief he voted, yeah he, he voted on, on he votes with the Republicans a lot, but what he did was he voted to uh, to not allow um, student loans to uh, uh, you know. But he, he voted against Biden's student loan bill. I mean, Biden has a very modest student loan bill, but every other Democrat voted for it. Every Republican voted against it, 
and he and one other Henry Cuellar. Both, Cuellar. No, it wasn't Cuellar this time. It was uh, Marie Glucencamp uh, Perez from Washington State. And uh, the two of them are trying to, uh, you know, the, the blue dogs kind of die. They're kind of, you know, nothing happening there. And the two of them are trying to resuscitate the blue dogs now. And they are the two new uh, chairmen of the two, two of the three chairmen of the new, the new and resuscitated <laughs> horrible blue dogs. Right. And we, by so the way, you never know. I mean, you know, I, I try my best to, you know, figure out how someone is going to be. And I had no reason not to believe him. I, I, I wound up talking to him for a year, literally for a year. And he never gave me any indication that he was going to be anything less than a stellar progressive. And boom, turned right around and became as bad as they come. Not a little bad, like total bad. Uh, 2004, probably one of the most homophobic election years. Uh, George W. Bush and Karl Rove were blowing, you'll pardon the expression, Iraq. So they put same-sex marriage on the ballot to get the conservatives to vote, to come out and vote against same-sex marriage and stay in the poll polling booth to vote for George W. Bush. It was the most homophobic election year I've ever seen. Is this year worse? Homophobic? You mean 2024? Is 2024 going to be worse than 2004 when it comes to anti-LGBTQ, the bigotry? No, 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 no. I don't think so at all. I mean, Republicans may may try that in their primaries. But, I mean, if they have a brain, they're not going to try that. The general public has come so far uh, in terms of accepting uh, LGBTQ communities that if they try that kind of thing, they're going to lose. At one time, you could do they could do that, and and they it would help them. But now it would definitely hurt them. Now inside their own primaries, that's another story. Then you can you get all sorts of craziness, or in in you know really really um, Republican districts like in you know Alabama, rural Alabama, you can you can get away with that. But even in even in in parts of Alabama. Uh, that aren't that uh, terrible, like in Montgomery, for example, in Birmingham. You, you can't you can't pull that stuff. By the way, I have to ask you: Do you hear some very very strange noises, like the Titanic sinking or something? That's always the voices in my head. I hear women and children first all the time in my head, but no, I, you don't hear anything. You, everything sounds normal. You just hear my voice and your voice. Yeah, usually, usually, okay. yeah, usually they're audio problems, but you sound great. Well, what about the raft of anti-trans bills? The ACLU says there are now more anti-trans bills in state legislatures than I think in American history. Yes, but it's only the red, but it's only red states. Yes, it's only red states and they're not going to run on it. I mean, I don't think they're going to run. I mean, they may run on it. It's so horrible. You know, they, they, they didn't even know what a trans gender person was until uh until very recently you know to them it was just all gay uh but you know that once they realize that they that it's not going to work anymore to demonize uh gay people they were saying well what is this lgbt what, what does all these letters stand for and then someone must have told them what t was and they thought oh that might be a, a good group <laughs> for us to go after 
So they're right. demonizing them. And, right. and, you know, that is that is a group of people that are not well understood. Uh, you know, I, I, I suspect very, very strongly that some of these state legislators who are uh, carrying these bills and introducing these bills and writing these bills have never met a trans person. Literally never. Uh, and or or they, the only one they've met is when they look in the mirror. <laughs> or, you know, maybe they're watching RuPaul. I don't know if they are. I suspect they're probably not. Or maybe one of their children was watching RuPaul and they flipped out. Right. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's a really, really awful thing. It's a part of the bullying mentality, part of the interfering in everybody else's life, uh, which Republicans are really good at. They like to talk about freedom, but all they do is like try to not let other people have any freedom. Their, their idea of right. freedom is freedom to uh, uh, interfere with everybody. Right. So let me ask you a personal Ergo. question. Let me let me ask you a personal question about the Marquis DeSantis, as I call him. Her. Yes. Are you secretly rooting for Trump to just mop the floor with him? Are you more frightened of DeSantis? And do you want to see Trump kick his ass or you don't you don't care? You if I have my. If I, are you giving me a wish? Am I getting a wish? You get a wish. My wish is that every Republican cease to exist. <laughs> How about that? Well, right. none of them. Zero. There'll be zero Republicans. None. But Trump and, and no is blue door. Trump is kind of making that happen. If he doesn't, if the country doesn't cease to exist first. Okay. Has it? Is yeah, I, I, but I, I know what you were asking me. I was just, you know, trying to be a little funny. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a hard question. You know, they're, they're both extremely dangerous characters. It's like, you know, it's like being, asking someone who is worse, uh, Mussolini or Hitler or Hitler or Stalin. You know, it's, I mean, it's really, really hard when, it, when you're getting down to these kind of people to be able to say who's worse. And I, and I really believe that both Trump and uh, DeSantis are as dangerous as a Hitler or a Stalin. I agree. I agree. I'm sure you do. But isn't there a little part of you that yeah. ki- kind of likes Trump just because he's a cartoon? No, 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 no. He's no, a cartoon. No, no. Do not, nothing. No, well, I like cartoons, but I don't like Trump. Nothing about Trump do I, I like. I Like I said, I, I've told you this before sitting on the stoop at my girlfriend's house when I was 10 years old and seeing the Trump family walk by and just like everyone on the stoop and the next stoop and the next stoop, all of us hated him. Everybody hated them, hated that family. So it goes back a a long, long time uh, that I haven't liked that little freak. But uh, so no, I do. There's nothing about me that likes him. Now, if you're asking the question, isn't there something about me that, that hates uh, DeSantis even more there's some. Yes, that, that's true. There, there could be a moment. There's never going to be a moment when I like Trump. Never. Well, there'll be a moment that I hate DeSantis more. Yeah, there, there, there are moments like that. And why is it? They're, why both, you... they're both detestable characters. But what is it about DeSantis that makes me hate him more than Trump? Aha. Nasally. Can <laughs> you see that? I mean, I know that I know that. People, the way people speak is a very important thing to you. 
So is it possible that you hate him more because he's so nasally? Uh, I think I hate DeSantis more because he legitimizes the insanity, whereas Trump is just so over the line, it's farce. But DeSantis is methodical and, you know, served in the, the military as a JAG officer, went to law school, was a governor. He, he can manipulate the levers of power. I don't think Trump can actually lead a, an overthrow of our country. Because in the end, he, can, I mean, he couldn't then, but he can now. Uh, don't don't kid yourself. Trump didn't just like now he knows the kind of people he's got to hire to do that stuff. I mean, he'll just be sitting in his office eating hamburgers, <laughs> but uh, and hopefully, you know, getting stroke. But uh, you know, he'll have people doing all the worst things. But yeah, I I, I know what you mean about uh, DeSantis. He he's he's a a real um, clear and present danger to this country. Is and it fair? Let, let me although, say, yeah. Although you must have heard that he is, he's claiming, he's telling these fat cat uh, donors that as soon as he wins the primary, he'll he'll pivot to the, the center. That he doesn't really believe in any. Basically, he doesn't believe in anything he's saying. That's what we thought Trump was going to do, though. Well, he's this guy is telling. I don't believe. I don't believe him. But that's what he's telling. Uh, his uh, uh, possible donors. He's in, in trying to convince them to give him money. He's saying, uh, you know, he's going to pivot to the center. He is a failed. Which, which would be the only way he can win. I don't. I, don't, I mean, he, you know, you go extreme right to win the primary, and then you try to get, you know, a little bit more mainstream to win the general. But I mean, you know, I mean, what what is he going to stop by doing? Repealing all the laws that he's passed in Florida. Is that still true? I mean, that was what they used to say when Nixon was running, that you run to the right and then towards the middle when you head for the general. But it, it sure feels like Reagan stayed on the right. George W. Bush ran, stayed on the right. Trump stayed on the right. Do Republicans move to the center anymore? Um, good, good question. But I think, yes. You know, the, the I think that the extreme crazy stuff that they talk about in their own primary, I don't think they talk about those kind of things in, in the general. I, I, I believe that to be the case. In other words, in, in they can talk about um, what was what was uh, what was he talking about today? DeSantis, he wants to run so he can eliminate leftists or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the kind of thing he's going to say in a uh, in the general election. Right. So you write over, but it, you know, in a way, it's all general election. Right. Isn't it general election? I mean, he you know, he he may be trying to emphasize his uh, that he's running in a primary. But aren't they isn't every every day a general election now? I mean, that's what thing, that's what's really changed. The, the permanent election cycle. You write over it down with tyranny that DeSantis is desinking in the polls. But you you do leave some hope that you write that there is the distinct possibility that God will answer our prayers and Donald Trump will choke on some of the garbage food he eats. That's what you wrote. And if Trump either goes to prison, you write, or chokes on a Big Mac, then is DeSantis 
next in line. Well, yes, he has the most support outside of Trump. But the question would be, who's going to get all those Trump voters? Who? So that's why he can't uh, really attack Trump. When Trump, Trump is attacking him violently, he can't answer in kind because the only way he's going to win is by getting those Trump voters. So he has to, you know, sort of play it cool when it comes to going after Trump. So but he, who would those Trump voters go to if not are they going to go to Nikki Haley? Are they going to go to Tim Scott? Are they going to go to Mike Pence? Well, they hate Mike Pence. Who are they going to go to? Well, they st- I, I think it would be uh, uh, DeSantis. Or they stay home. Or well, they- that, that would be everybody's dream that for them to stay home. They, they, they stay suicide. Home. What, what do you think of, uh, uh, of, of Trump voters? I mean, Trump voters themselves are really the problem more than Trump or more than DeSantis. It's these voters who are, who are so terrible. Pretty bad. Well, but leadership, as you've taught me, leadership on the Democratic Party, uh, we should be peeling them off. But we don't have leaders who speak like Bernie and and talk to these people. We, we, we The Democrats push them away. Florida is a failed state. You talk about the age of extinction and you say that we should look to Florida and Alabama if we want a glimpse of what a DeSantis administration would look like. What does that mean? Well, uh, well, that first of all, I, I don't want to take credit for Umar Hawk's work, and it was him who came up with that idea of age of extinction, uh, age of extinction, which is very different from the age of Aquarius. Uh, and in terms of Alabama, what I keep saying is, uh, which which has to do with um, with Umar's idea, is is the kind of policies that are being put forth by people like um, DeSantis are going to lead to Florida sinking under the sea because sea level will rise. Florida, you know, doesn't have mountains and it's very, very low lying place. And then DeSantis would have to move to Alabama mm-hmm. because there won't be any. So um, that, that's yeah. not a joke, by the way. That, 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 no, know, I'm not joking. Climate, refu- joking at all. climate refugees exist. Right. They exist now on, on a relatively small uh, basis compared to how they're going to exist over the next decade or two, that when it's going to be a really, really big deal. Young people seem to be more concerned about this than older people because they know they're going to be around to have to experience it. Where older people some will just say, eh, you know, uh, it'll happen after I'm dead. Right, right. There's going to be a serious question. We saw it in Louisiana after Katrina in 2005, where I think it was the fourth ward where all the African-Americans were being flooded out. And when they they were shot at, when they try to go over the wrong bridges, we, we're, we're going to we already have a, 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 a climate refugee problem in, in America. So let's talk about mental illness. Uh, mentally ill leaders. Uh, was it Foer? You write about a piece in The Atlantic about whether or not we should be psychoanalyzing. Yeah, I mean, there's long been a, a question of whether uh, that I don't know if the word is fair or not, but if, if, it, if it's uh, if it makes sense to 
psychoanalyze uh, political leaders from afar. The gold, words, it's called the Goldwater Rule, I believe. Right. But even, even before the Goldwater Rule, uh, it started with uh, Sigmund Freud, where he said, absolutely not. You cannot do it. You can't analyze people who you don't get on the couch. You just can't do it. Uh, and then he did it. He did it with Woodrow Wilson, who he just absolutely hated. And, well, I, um, I didn't know that until go ahead. Until you talked about this. Go ahead. Why did Freud yeah. hate Woodrow Wilson? Because he felt that Woodrow Wilson did it. You know, Woodrow Wilson came on really strong with these great ideas about how uh, World War One was going to end and uh, and how the world was going to be a better place. But then he didn't stick up for those things. And uh, everything went went to pot again. And everything that Woodrow Wilson warned would happen actually did happen. And but there were there was there were a lot more. There was a lot more to it than that. Like Woodrow Wilson, uh, you know, getting into petty fights with people in the Senate uh, and then saying, don't vote for don't vote for the treaty. You know, first he tried to get the treaty passed that had some of his good ideas in it. And then when they changed a couple of things, he 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 blew it up, the whole thing up. The Versailles they, Treaty. They were re- yes, there was the Versailles Treaty. But then, and there was more to it than just that as well, which is that this guy William Bullitt, who who was a very very close aide of um, of Wilson's, quit, and he 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 and he and Wilson weren't getting along. He he was a, tw- a guy in his twenties, and and he, and he wound up quitting. And he became a patient of Freud's and he was the one that talked Freud into uh, into doing this book with him about Woodrow Wilson. And uh, and, and that was really what what Foyer Furrer was writing about. He was writing about the book and someone who wrote a, a book about the book. That was what his story was about. Of course, I I'm thinking, how do you possibly write a story about? Uh, mentally ill presidents and not talk about Trump. And what I'm even more interested in is when is someone going to write, and maybe someone has, and I just haven't seen it yet, although I started looking, when is someone going to psychoanalyze DeSantis, who is a a sick cookie? I mean, you know, he is, I'll use the word henpecked. He's totally henpecked by his wife. Uh, She runs the show, and, uh, you know, she doesn't have that little nasally voice that he does. Right. Well, Dr. Bandy Lee from Yale wrote a book yes. and where she had, I think, 40 psychiatrists look at Trump and, 37. She, and she and she paid a price for that. She's no I don't think she's teaching at Yale anymore because of that. No, she's not at Yale. Although there is a suit that that's still uh, pending between her and Yale. Uh, and, and most of the uh, that post that you're referring to is about Bandy Lee. So it's it's a lot a lot of uh, a lot of Bandy Lee in there, right? So you know, when, if you want to read the whole thing, you will see, uh, you know, how the the very last part of the uh, of the post is 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 her vindication. Okay, before you go, and thank you for doing this on Memorial Day and the 40th anniversary of the Dead Kennedys album. What is the album? It's a single. Uh, too drunk to fuck. Too- <laughs> It's been hard to believe it's been 40 years. Is it? Is it? Wor- I know. Is, is it worth listening to tonight? Oh, it's a worth listening to every night. Okay. <laughs> okay. The GOP's war on schools. 
speaking of Alabama and DeSantis, why do the Republicans hate our public schools so much? You know, we have public, public schools. Yeah. yeah. Well, conservatives, has, going back all through history, have always felt that it's a big mistake to educate the masses. Uh, it, it, you know, they would be much happier if, if the masses were not educated. And although, you know, a lot of them maybe haven't thought of it that way, it's in their DNA. Well, the so term liberal arts, the term liberal arts comes from ancient Rome, where if you were liberated, if you weren't a slave, then they felt you should learn the humanities. So it goes, it's built into the DNA of democracy, the Roman Republic. Sorry yeah, to interrupt well, you. you know, no, that's right. And when you get to, you know, even, you know, the, uh, you know, Burke, for example, who's the godfather of, of modern day conservatism, he felt that, you know, the, the upper classes should be educated and the, uh, the working classes should go work at a mill. Right. And, you know, and, and it's the same, it, it hasn't changed that much. Uh, you know, they don't put it that way and they don't say that, but you know, they want to defund public education and, and they are defunding public education. It's something that they're doing. Um, and, and whenever they can get away with it, they do it, which is amazing to me since so many Republicans in Congress who, who always vote along those lines have gone to state universities, mm -hmm. including uh, McCarthy. I mean, does does he not have the brain power to put it together? How he wound up going to college? No, he. The answer is no, he doesn't. There and the other problem I think they have with our public schools is they teach you to share and to be selfless and to be part of a team and think about the community, and that goes You're counter. Driving woke. You're describing wokeism. Yeah. <laughs> which they're going to stamp out. You just described wokeism. Hyper individualism is punished in our schools. When you identify somebody who's like Trump or DeSantis, who only thinks about themselves or is a bully, they are suspended. And the Republicans think that's bad for the country, or at least bad for the bullies. What are you making? What are you making for Memorial Day? You mean what, cooking? Yeah. What are you cooking? Nothing. I'm not. I'm not going to eat. Oh, is this a fasting Roland, day? Roland is in Maine, and uh, you know, I made a uh, I made a very very uh, intricate omelet today to eat, and that's all I'm going to have. I I had it for lunch. It was like a, a, a full of vegetables. Lots and lots of vegetables in, in, in what I call a baked omelet. Ah. So it was really good, really filling, totally delicious. And I was thinking that would be a good thing to um, to, to write a recipe for because it's, it's very, very easy to explain and it's really easy to make and really, really good. Fantastic. Well, I, no, I, no I, dinner for me tonight. Great. I love you, Howie. Thank you for doing this on Memorial Day. And Jason Call was fantastic. We had him on Friday's show. You were missed. And everybody should give to Jason Call by going to Wonderful, call, yeah. callforcongress.com. Is, is that how we should donate to Jason Call? Yes, exactly. That's the only way to. And he's running as a Green Party candidate 
for Washington's second congressional district. So right, he's running for Congress against a, uh, a corrupt uh, corporate Democrat named Rick Larson. Right. So this portion of the David Feldman show has been brought to you by Blue America's Jason Call, Green Party candidate, Washington. He's running for Washington's second congressional district. If you live in the United States and you enjoyed any part of this show, go to callforcongress.com and give what you can. Thank you, Howie. Thanks, David. See you next week. Thank you so much. That's Howie Klein from Down With Tyranny. Read him every day over at Down With Tyranny. Go to the Blue America Pack and donate. And this portion of the show, if you enjoyed it, the way to thank all of us is by going to Call for Congress. We had Jason Call Friday night on the show, and he's running as a Green Party candidate for Washington's second congressional district. So please give to Jason Call. Let's send him to Congress. If you enjoyed any portion of this show, please share it with your friends. Please like this. That's the best way to help me is to like it, to share it. Please comment on this episode. I read all your comments, as you know. Please subscribe to my newsletter. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. <laughs>